What is going on? This is your girl, Pam, with 2600 Taps. Listen, our last guest was the amazing Taya Kyle. And if my guest that I'm looking at right now didn't know that, we just had Taya Kyle on my last episode. Chris Kyle. Really? Yeah, Chris Kyle's widow. Um, we just had her on. How the hell did you pull that one off? Mutual friend, man. It was pretty sweet. It was pretty fucking sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty sweet, Killer. man. And, you know, she inspired me to really look into, like, the mental health aspect. And she said uh, something compelling. She said, you know, if we can celebrate people in the military, their fitness wins. Why can't we celebrate their mental health? And it got me. And I was like, you know what, man? She's got me thinking. And there's this stuff I want to do. And I'll tell you about it later. Because um, it's some big news. And I'll let you in on this towards the end. But uh, for my listeners... I have a really special guest today. I was actually stationed with this guy back in 2007. We were kind of just catching up before we hit record. And Claude, his name's Claude Morrissey. And if you saw him, you would probably want to like run the other way. Because he's like six. How tall are you, Claude? Like six? Six, four. I'm six, four and a half. If, uh, you know, if you're counting it for weigh-ins and stuff. <laughs> But uh, I sit about, well, now I'm sitting about 305. I got on the scale the other day, and I'm like, I watched on the scale at the doctor's office, and I think everybody's looking like, man, that guy's a fat ass. So, you know, <laughs> retirement's been good. Let's say that. Let's yeah. say that. <laughs> well, now that we know his his, uh, his his specs, Claude was actually a rescue swimmer with the Coast Guard. And when I was transitioning from the boat side to aviation side for my brief little stint, I met him. We were stationed in Cape Cod. He was a rescue swimmer there. I was an airman. And this dude is like, I th- I think you're a legend. Like, if you know the name Claude Morrissey, oh, like, no. you just know Claude. Like, everybody knows you. Um, and if you don't know him, like, you've probably seen him on Coast Guard Alaska. Like, the dude's more famous than Ashton Kutcher at this point. Like, he's the legit rescue swimmer. <laughs> Thank you. I've never been introduced like that, but uh, I... I hope I live up to it. Well, um, I got to make it sound good, man. Yeah. We got to keep the listeners, you know, engaged. But that, I'm, I'm serious awesome. when I say that. Like, you fucking I'll like... sell you some commercials. That's what I'm into. Yeah. I want to sell you some commercials. You, know? you got to have some sponsors, man. Who are your sponsors? I have you know? no sponsors, but if you want to be my first, let's talk. Because I think it'd be pretty freaking yeah. awesome. I'm serious, yeah, man. Yeah, I tell you what. I, tell you what <laughs> I don't know how much marketing for tree work nationwide, but... Uh, you know, I've been getting into podcasts a lot the past week, and um, you know, you get that long, boring music on the radio. It's the yeah. same loop, you know, whether it's Apple or wherever. So I'm listening to podcasts, and it's kind of awesome. And I, when you kind of threw this out, I was like, ah, I was like, yeah, let me do it. And then I, I kind of like, like didn't forget, but I just, I run a business, so my head's always a hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And when you call, I'm like, oh yeah. So here we are. It's Dude, awesome. It's- I didn't realize you're so big. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tiny person compared to this big thing you got going on here. Well, so. I'm, I'm really not big, but my, 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 my guests and my listeners, we, we're in 15 different countries, man. And I have, really? yeah. And I haven't really, I've been in school, so it's been hard to promote it and stuff. Like I said, I have no sponsors. I haven't made a penny off of this because what's important to me is sharing the stories. Right. And because somebody needs to yeah. hear these stories that in and of itself. And yes, I want to make a living down the road with this. So, you know, if you're out yeah. there listening, I could use some sponsors, but. Hey, listen, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan's podcast is pretty, you know, 
You just got to get a couple. Just get it out there. As long as you got, just got to put your call up. Like, hey, I need some money. Give me some money. You know, call <laughs> just like that. You yeah. could, you could be my. I'll uh, do it. I used to shake down Al Roker's production. Man, I'd be up there uh, up in Kodiak, and I'd be like, hey, listen, MWR needs some like video for like a grant they're trying to get. I'm like, gonna go film this guy. It's not our job. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna video, so I go on like a little strike. <laughs> this poor guy Tom would get so mad at me. He's like, you can't strike. I'm like, oh, I can strike. I'm part of the. I'm, tr- I'm part of the Screen Actors Guild. <laughs> He's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> so Astra. Yeah, but I wasn't nothing like that. But they were always, I mean, them guys were awesome. So, oh, um, Al yeah, they got these sponsors, you know. Yeah, man. So, well, now that I know you have the ends with Al, we may have to send him a letter. Or I'll, go shake that, I'll go shake that guy down if you want me to. I will. I'll be like, hey, you got to support the veterans. Especially being a veteran, you should be. You should be like going to these companies and just be like, "Hey, throw me some free swag, give me some money." You know, I got <laughs> Dude, you're retired. I'm full time student. I think you're gonna have. Well, you run a full time business, but maybe one of your kids can like, you know, do it for me or for us or something. Oh, we got to team up, man. This would be. I fun. got a marketing. I got a marketing kid that you'd be loved, and I got a, so I got a um, couple kids I've run across, you know, through the military and stuff and this kid could be uh helping you out i'm gonna throw him on there i'm gonna throw him your way so yes. gotta have it a marketing i got marketing people it's like one guy <laughs> <laughs> you know, it works. i know i'm like i got people and yeah. it's just me <laughs> but hey it works for sure i know well hey man I, is my lighting okay and everything dude, am i okay you, Can look, you, see me? you I mean, look sexy I, as hell you're good my head is just filling this whole thing up i'm you're- like i should have shaved <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I gotta go to work at EMS tomorrow night for a part-time shift, and uh, I don't. I usually shave, cut my hair. Like that keeps me the only thing. I would have a beard if I wasn't working at EMS. You know, mm-hmm. so. But as a medic, I still like doing it. I still like being a medic, which is kind of weird. Well, you know? you're, but, I mean, you're good at it. You're pretty good at it. I think I am. I'm. I'm a lifesaver, heartbreaker. You know what I mean? So. Oh man. Well, shit. Yeah. So, guys, if you're still with us, thank you. It's just we haven't seen each other in freaking 12 years, like physically seen each yeah. other. Um, but it's yeah, but you to... pick up right where you left off. Exactly. I mean, we partied together, yeah. but like you were the you were on the straight and narrow. You're like, no, nope, no drinks for me. We're gonna chill well, out. I don't drink. But I was crazy. Hey, I was crazy, and all you assholes combined. <laughs> I wasn't when I was drinking. But I wasn't drinking. I still don't drink, which is kind of funny. It's kind of funny. I. I went the other week. I'm like at the exchange up there in Chesapeake. I'm like, I'm going to get something to drink. <laughs> so I got, I'm like, my wife wasn't with me. My kid was with me. Petey's like, we can get, I'm going to, I'm going to get some Malibu. He goes, oh, what the hell is wrong? It's like a topper, dad. That's <laughs> like not even a drink. And I'm be all cool. You know, I'm going to drink some Malibu. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what the hell am I like? What am I like? Some 60 year old woman that's going through, you know, trying to get 20 year old guys. So I got, I got some Jack Daniels instead. My kid was breaking my trust. Seventeen-year-old knows more how to drink than me. Oh my so. god! But anyway, that's my story. I love it. I love Don't it. We buy a Malibu. I'm not some some chick on the on the rebound, you know. Hey, so. but if Malibu's listening, we could use sponsors, and we have a grown-ass man. Yeah, I'd Malibu. be more than happy to promote for you. <laughs> we can we can get you some sponsors. I'll get you some sponsors, especially a veteran-run business. All you got to do is say you're a veteran. People. They want to help veterans. That's what's awesome. Yeah. Most people, which is like you said about the mental health, they want to help veterans. The VA wants to help you. It's just that we got very terrible politicians mm-hmm. that don't want to help the VA to help us. So it's not entirely VA's fault, you know. 
So yeah, they get a bad rap. I'm not sure where you're at in your process with the VA, but um, I'm getting pretty good care where I'm at. But I'm also on probably the biggest area for veterans in the United States, maybe the world. You know, so where are you? you care said Chesapeake. Is, well, I'm in North Carolina, but we 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 roll up within the Hampton Roads. So you figure that's the biggest Navy base in the yeah. world. So you know where they're going to put the funds, right? Right where I'm at, which is awesome. You know, yeah. where are you? Where are you at? Texas? You're D- at DFW. Yeah, DFW. I'm in Grapevine. Yeah. Really? Yeah, man. You go listen to Pantera a lot. Actually, go, my go visit Dimebag. Well, the school I go to, believe it or not, used to be the Dallas Sound Lab, and Pantera recorded there all the time. So, Get out. I swear, one of my instructors engineered the Far Beyond Driven album. It's freaking amazing. Get the hell out of here. I'm serious, dude. Oh my God. I, I'm I'm dead serious. You're killing it. I'm just I'm You're killing. It. You're hanging out. Man, I'm so jealous right now. I'm I'm, I'm gonna def- come visit you. Come visit, I, dude. This the school Steve Ray Vaughan like recorded there and shit like. Pantera. Really? Yeah. Well, the original school, they had to move locations because it got flooded. But it's still the same uh, Platinum Records. Elton John's piano's there. I mean, the Beach Boys. Out. I'm serious. It's And I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Like, it's it's yeah, there, go. dude. Yeah. So, I got trained by those guys on how to do my engineering and music. It's really fucking cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You're still still full time, right? Yeah, still. Uh, yeah, I graduated with my associates in recording arts recently, and now I'm in film to do film. So. And you can't you can't see my text messages come up, can you? No. Like, Are you my, gonna... my Snap On Tool guy? I think my Snap On Tool guy wants to have an affair. He's like, <laughs> I'll be home at seven forty. What? It calls the tool man. I'm like, I hope she's not seeing this shit. They're gonna think I'm, you know, hooking up with this snap on dude. Oh, you so mean right now? I like on Zoom? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, thank God. Anyway, no. Like all embarrassing shit. No, man. Two uh, totally different platforms. Anyway. But, I thought you could see the message. I was like, man. no, no. Like, guys stalking. Me? <laughs> but, uh, no, but no. but if you're listening out there, uh, this will this is being recorded. I, I'm starting to record my Zoom calls. It'll be on the YouTube channel for 2200 taps, so you'll get to see uh, Claude's pretty face, and you get to see the glare off my freaking glasses. Receding, my receding hairline. Stop it! You look good. You still got it. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, let's just dive in, how shall we? So, I wanted to, huh? Oh, what's that? Oh, there's got to be okay. So there's a little delay. It's okay. Um, no, I wanted to dive into your story specifically. I I saw it come across the feed first. It was Sarah Faulkner's, you know, one of our rescue swimmer sisters. Yeah. And then it was you, and I'm like, wait. Claude, like, what the fuck happened to Claude? Because I hadn't seen you in forever. And yeah, that's I, it. That's kind of what happened. I read I the just... article and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So, yeah, for my listeners, this episode is gonna be very interesting. But this guy means the world to me. Any of my veteran brothers and sisters that go through some crazy madness the way this man did, they will. Ha- you guys will have a platform forever here on the show. So. Thank you. Yeah, you guys, your voice needs to be heard because as much as I love the, the Coast Guard, what it did for me, there was a lot of shitty parts of it that, uh, you know, like we saw, you know? Yeah. 
So, so the Coast Guard is 99.999999. You got a better chance of catching uh, Corona, COVID, virus, <laughs> COVID. I'm terrible. But you got a better chance of having a bad experience than the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard is awesome. The Coast Guard is, and I think you'll agree with me, they're, they're out. But if you catch that 0.00001% of people, it could be terrible yeah. for you. So, you know. And we're so small that oh, whatever say. happens will follow you. Oh, yeah. Like that shit oh, yeah, follows yeah. you. Well, it didn't follow me. I burned the bridges. I not only burned the bridges, I set them on fire, made sure they floated away and everything, you know. Well, fuck, so, man. But, um, so what what, yeah. what happened, man? So we, we kind of went our separate ways in 2008. You went to Alaska. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the last I really saw of you was on Coast Guard Alaska. So what happened after yeah. all that? So I, you know, along the way, I was with my wife and everything was great until it wasn't good anymore. Um, you know, we went to um, Alaska. Grew our family by, we had my son, we had my daughter, but my daughter in Massachusetts went to Alaska. We had another baby in Alaska in 13, came back. We adopted my daughter's brother, Cameron, in 14. So family of four, chugging in through Elizabeth City, which was awesome. Air station Elizabeth City, one of the best air stations. Um, next to everyone I've been at, but, <clears throat> you know, um, wanted to make chief, made chief, right? Studied, made chief. And I came across a bunch of what you call assholes, you know, in lack of a better term. So, um, the master chiefs at the schoolhouse at ATT Elizabeth City, along with the commander, are nothing but um, self-serving douchebags. One's actually in. He's down in Hitron. His name is Tim Schmitz. He's TJ Schmitz. He is the biggest tool bag. Like, I'm not going to – like, I talk to people. He's lost – he has done more damage – to the Coast Guard, and he's an Army pilot, which is really weird. Um, he's usually pretty good, but he uh, he's still at Hitchhon running people, which is amazing how the Coast Guard has allowed him. He probably made this douchebag will probably make captain, but he is 100. He went to. Not, I'm gonna get ahead of myself here. He's such a moron. He's the only reason after my summary of court martial that I stayed at chief because this guy is such a moron on the stand. You know what I mean? <laughs> But we'll get to that because I love bashing him. I love bashing <laughs> officers. I really love bashing officers because who doesn't? It's funny. <clears throat> oh, there's just I feel bad for him, you know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's back up. So, made chief in um made chief in 2016, um August. Um, had a what I thought was a very close friend was a. Um, he started out as a chief in Kodiak and we went to Elizabeth city as a senior chief in the shop. And then I had to go work for him at the schoolhouse. Um, but this dude was, I don't know, either psychotic, jealous. Um, when they put these, when the Coast Guard put these other people up, like for master chiefs, they really don't do any background check. It's kind of like, there's no background check to see, you know, Hey, what, what do you do now? They're doing a little better job, the Coast Guard. But when he made it, this dude had been involved in an accident in Traverse City as a third class and killed this local teacher up there. Wow. Uh, this guy's name was John Hall. Um, him and his buddies were out drinking, got a little sideways on. A, they said, "Who's going to drive home?" I don't know what happened. It's kind of like that thing out of the Guardians, kind of like stupid. I, say, I saw yeah. it out of the Guardian, like, "Oh, Fisher got a bad ride home." This. It's kind of how this went for this dude. Well, they went to pass a snow plow and they waffled and some lady killed him. 
the guy's on, I, from what the story I was told, the guy was on the, this guy, John Hall, got banged up pretty bad. He was in the back seat. The actual husband went and kicked the shit out of him in the hospital, <laughs> grabbed him off the bed, started slamming him down, which he had it coming. And I tell you what, I'm, I love to hear that story. <laughs> and um, that's a story that, I don't know if somebody, it's in one of the records I got, because we did, it was just a battle royale between me and him. But anyway, as I get, I'm like a freaking, I'm going to go a hundred different directions. Hey, dude, we're cool with it. <laughs> the main thing I'm going to get, I want everybody to get out of this, is there are some real scumbags that I've been allowed to promote in the Coast Guard, and they're still around. So, but, um, so this guy's working for me. Well, my wife, you know, my wife's my wife, right? Of course, she's going to be attractive and she's going to be the best thing ever because she's my wife, right? Because I love her. Um, he got real handsy with her several times. Um, really, really handsy. Um, you know, um, above normal. You know, if you want to, a lot of times, you know, as extra swimmers, we're very affectionate people. We'll go up, we'll give hugs, hugs to the lives. But when you're running your hands up and down, somebody grabbing breasts, slapping asses, you know, doing stuff like that. Um, and it's hard for her to talk about it. So um, what he did to her would be considered abusive sexual contact. That's what he went to court martial for. So, um, but anyway, the problem was, was it wasn't like he did it one time. It was several times that he did this. And he kept, the first time he did it, it was at a party and it was witnessed. We have a strong brotherhood as rescue swimmers. We love each other. We don't want to see anybody get in trouble. But uh, he did it in front of me, and he did it in front of his wife, a couple other people. And, you know, talk about your world getting small is when your wife's being sexually, you know, basically there's wrong shit going on. And you don't, as a man, you're very scared to say something because you know it could end your career, which it did, you know. So, you know, me being me. We, we kind of regrouped me and my wife we're like what in the world just happened i'm like i'm like i'll never forget it i was gonna go after him and somebody grabbed my arm and said not right now brother and i'm like i'm like what and i still can't for that i have a good memory like to this day remember who did that it's kind of eerie and um very eerie thing i can't remember it but somebody stopped me and not right now brother and i grabbed my wife grabbed my kids and we we she left and I was designated driver. So I had to drive people home. By that time, he was just a complete, just slurring his words. And, you know, I'm like, we're going to talk about this on Monday. You know, pretty much asshole. He goes, I'm a fucking master chief. Fuck you. I'm like, okay. I'm like, we're going to talk about this on Monday. So all weekend long, you know, Monday morning I get in. I'm like, call him on the phone. I'm like, we're doing lunch today. He's like, you don't tell me what to do. I said, well, okay. So he's. About an hour later, he's like, I'll have agreed to go to lunch. And then he's like, just to let you know, I'm going to be your master chief. I'm your master chief at the schoolhouse. So this is going to die. And I'm like, look, dude, it's not about this. We're brothers. We're friends. Let's not have fucking, let's, let's, your wife's dying a cancer jerk off. You know what I mean? Like, you're really going to go down this road, you know, and pull the fucking rank thing. I'm thinking, you know, he's like, I'm your master chief. We're going to just die. It, I, sometimes I, I do things I shouldn't do. And that's acceptable. Well, so you, I, you know, you're, I'm going to be your new boss. So what do you say then? Pam, what do you do? I don't, I don't think anybody, I mean, you're just like, you've tried to deal with it. So you got to bury it, right? Mm -hmm. You got to bury it. If you want to have a career in the military, 
you've got to bury that feeling. You got to suck that up. You got to put it in a vault and you got to go on and press on. So of course our relationship strained for the next probably close to over a year. And my wife's not going to function. She's having chronic diarrhea when she's got to go like bad shit's going on. My wife's physically and, and emotionally because every time she goes around this fucking asshole, he's playing fucking doctor. He's like fucking handsy. You know what I mean? So of course, you know, it only can go for so long. And, you know, I go over there as a chief and I'm trying to be a chief. He's, he's just blocking me every way he can from really just being a good, you know, being a good chief. He's just blocking me. I'm not understanding why, you know, I'm like, what, what the fuck's the problem with this guy? He's like, everybody's got to learn to suck as being a chief. I'm like, first off, I run a business. If I said you got to have a suck to be in business, I would have no fucking employees. Right. <laughs> so Shit. I'm like, this guy's great leadership. You know what I mean? So now I'm just like, but, and, and, but now I'm not the best chief. I'm a fucking loud mouth. I'm going to tell you how it is. And that's what gets me in trouble. But if you want an honest answer, I want the honest answer, you know? I always think I'm like a five-year-old mentality. I'm going to tell you the truth, right? You want to find out about something, ask a five-year-old. They'll tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The other day, I'm like, we're sitting in line at lunch, and you know, got six-foot rule, and somebody says, oh, you're too fat to be next to one of the guys breaking my chops, and this kid looks up. I said, hey, hey, bud, am I fat? He goes, you're big and fat. <laughs> the mother was horrified. I was like, I was like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? So, of course, there's eight guys behind me making fun of me now, you know? And we got our masks on. And the whole place is erupted. You know, of course, me being me, I'm like, I got your lunch, kid. Thanks. Thanks for hooking me up, you know? And and your mother is just mortified, you know? (laughs) But I think it's all in your fun. Anyway, so I digressed in my situation. But so this guy was your typical intrusive leader. And you ever heard that term, intrusive leadership? Have you heard that? Uh, probably a time or two. Okay. I've heard of shitty, like, dirtbags. Okay, intrusive leadership is something the commandant says. You And this guy, Charlie Ray, this vice commandant that's a fucking moron. Wait, does He's that mean forced just, leadership? Intrusive leadership, right? They keep saying it's like this guy, Charlie Ray, the guy that got COVID, got all the other joint chiefs and staff sick. It's fucking retard. <laughs> you know, this, he's a hit from like Alabama. All the guys love him. I'm like, this guy's a fucking moron. You know what I mean? I'm like, let's do him talk. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to go fly this helicopter. And I got like five. You got five fucking medals because you're a fucking, we're probably a captain at an air station that I would have done as a fucking would have been a trainer for me, but you're a fucking retard. So anyway, all the guys get mad at me when I pick on this guy, but I really don't like him. I think he's a fucking dirtbag. So fucking true, true to God dirtbag, right? I'll call it like it is. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Charlie Ray. So, um, but, uh, and uh, so anyway, intrusive leadership. This guy is your true intrusive leadership. He wants to know everything about you and your family and how to use that. That's what intrusive leadership is. It's what? a military's tool to govern people. So they go in, they learn everything about you, all your deep, dark secrets. Hey, you know, Claude's not sleeping at night. You know, um, you know, I'm not sleeping at night because maybe somebody's fucking trying to accost my, or, you know, excuse me, General Sal's bone came up. Um, <laughs> somebody's trying to, you know, somebody's trying to mess with my life. Maybe I'm not sleeping because, you know, as a vet, maybe I got some baggage. Maybe I've seen some shit. Maybe I got some dead kids in my mind. You know what I mean? That I picked up when I was stationed somewhere. Maybe, you know, the dead guys, and I'll leave, like, 
like you had said before, it's about military health, right? That's, that's where the problem is, is because you can't run to medical and be like, Hey, I'm having a hard time. Cause then you get, you get hammered. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You get hammered. So my, my story is kind of unique. I'm trying to be a chief. I get this contractor, right? This guy, Roger Shivers, right? This dude is an old swimmer and swimmers are a brotherhood and we love each other. But when these old swimmers come around, they try to teach new swimmers that are 20 or 30 years younger. It doesn't work out that well because no kid wants to hear sea stories about how it was 1974 and age three. They don't know what age three is. You know what I mean? And now they don't know what a helicopter is till they graduate school. You know what I mean? So this guy is, is in the class and my instructor's like, Hey, he's a little unorthodox, but we kind of leave him alone. I'm like a little unorthodox. But then the instructors are like, he's showing his, he's showing his penis in class. He's showing a scar up near us. I'm like, what? I'm a new chief, right, Pam? I'm like, Hey, look, I'm like, Hey Roger, nothing for nothing. We got females in here to come to school. We got males. We got alternative lifestyle. Cause a lot changed in the past 10 years in the military, which is cool as shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, let's not, let's not drop our pants anymore. You know, let's, let's not pull our pants down and show any, any scars or any special spots to the students. Right. And I kind of made it as, as, as not coming at him as like, you're not going to do this. And, um, of course him being a senior chief went to the, you know, and went to the match chief. Match chief's like, well, you know, I think he's right. I'm like, do you think I'm right? You know, you shouldn't be showing your penis. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, this guy had a huge problem with me. It erupted. He was going to kill me, gut me like a pig, run me over his motorcycle. You know, he's, this guy's this guy's just a train wreck of a human being. Shows up two doors down and starts writing in garden mulch that he loves some – I think he had the wrong he, – anyway, he showed up two doors down writing in garden mulch love letters to people. And I'm like, this guy's just here to harass me. So I call the cops, right? As soon as I call the cops, the command's like, eh, they're like, Morrissey's a problem. I'm like, I'm the problem. I got a guy writing garden mulch two doors down that's threatened my life. And it just took a wild turn from there, you know? And then, of course, the sexual harassment stuff's coming out, you know, because now it's like, you know, I'm like, I've been telling this guy to stop. He's not stop. It just was a, a complete, two, the May of 2000, May and June of 2017 were by far the hardest time in the Coast Guard for me. And, um, cause everything came to a head all at once, you know, they start questioning your mental stability when you're in trouble, you could be a golden boy. Like I, and I was a golden boy for the longest time, but the second they have an Avenue on you, you're done. Mm-hmm. You can't ever recover. You're never going to recover. It follows you and they don't care about your mental. They, they really don't care about, it. they just want the problems gone. The coast guard, there's a problem instead of addressing that problem they're gone you know Pam, i got videos of master chief petty officers this guy deshi woodhouse says he does not know how to report a sexual assault i'm pretty sure if i went to cape may at the gate and said to a kid you know how to report sexual assault as a semen apprentice or semen recruit they would know how to do it i guarantee it and the problem is the master chiefs at the top they get away with they get away with whatever they want because they think they're the, they think they're so special. So, in a nutshell, what I learned is don't ever speak up, you know, because you're going to get in trouble. 
but that's not me. You know that. So yeah, I went down swinging. I went down swinging. I went down swinging. Dude, I mean, know? and I mean, good for you for speaking up. And look, I mean, you still got you still got to retire. To fucking say this, but you still got a retirement out of this. And oh, I know, and that's so. so <laughs> I mean, that's so funny you say that. That's crazy, dude. Look, Pam, I'm not lying. And I mean this with all sincerity. The VAs take good care of me, and the Coast Guard take good care of me. I actually wake up and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like they're paying me now more. They're paying me more now than I was when I was in. I was like, "This is fucking crazy." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is like the paycheck of the month. You know what I mean? So me being a ballbuster, you know, I mean, I, I really say that. And I, I, I would, I tell you what, the Coast Guard is so full of good people. But if you could just, if they could just spend a little bit more time doing prevention on things other than, you know, that matter, your mental health, you know, your, your, like, okay, your mental health. And how about, you know, throw a diet class in here somewhere for people, you know what I mean? Or how about, you know, how about helping people stop smoking? How about leading a whole healthy approach to it? A whole body, a whole mind, a whole healthy approach. I wish the military would adopt that, but they just want to use you up then spit you out to the other side. Mm -hmm. That's where the VA comes in. You know, well, VA is supposed to be there to help you. That's, that's their thing. Well, the VA will help you. The VA will help you. And I'm not sure how your experience was the VA. Is it good, bad? Uh, it's been pretty bad. It hasn't been the greatest. Um, yeah, more so with like disability claims and shit. Um, that's been the hard part. But, um, when I was in Chicago, the 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 VA out there, the Edward Hines was horrible, dude. There was like human shit on the floor one day. I'm like, what is this? Really? Yeah, it was nasty. And then the, and then come to find out, they had stored um, frozen bodies at the hospital that they never like did anything with. Like that V, it was just one of the one of the worst VAs that you could possibly be a part of. Your girl was in there because I was stationed in Chicago. Wow. Um, but I'm not yeah. gonna lie, there are some VAs that are good. Unfortunately, the biggest problem is getting somebody to answer the damn phone, you know, or having them call you back with results. But so the thing that you have to do, and let me tell you something about these politicians, they're there to serve us. So any vets out there that are unsure of call your fucking congressman, Mm -hmm. hey, congressman jerk off. Get on your get off, and they have AIDS. Every congressman has AIDS, and not AIDS, in the, not the sickness. you know, like <laughs> HIV. They have AIDS. It's admiral. Most admirals have HIV, but they because they're fucking real. like, what's that guy? Carl Schultz is a new admiral. What a fuck! He, if he don't have fucking, I think he's got more dementia than Joe Biden. I swear <laughs> to Christ, like I'm not bagging anybody, but. He, he's got dementia. He's got some Alzheimer's dementia. And I'm not picking on the man, but he's a fucking retard along with his cookie fucking <laughs> master chief. What's his name? Fucking I don't keep whatever. up anymore. That scumbag. I'll get to him later. But um, <laughs> anyway, so use your congressman. Call him up. It's a simple thing. Go online. It'll take you five minutes. Hey, congressman, whatever. Um, I'm having, you know, for me, my instance, I wasn't getting my VA disability rating. And I'm like, it's been like almost two years. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay, I know things take some time. Call him up. I call an admiral up. Like, <laughs> not lying. I'm not lying. The following week, they dump money in my account. And then I try to figure that shit out when somebody puts like a large sum of money, like, you know, umpteen thousand dollars in your account. And you're like, 
fuck, the mob's coming for me or the cartel's <laughs> coming for me because I got somebody's money. So, you know, you got to play the game with the congressman. They're yeah. there to help you. They will help you. Their aides will get on. They will make calls. And then guess what? Once the, con- the Coast Guard or your military, they don't like dealing with Congress. That's how they get their money. They have to kiss Congress's ass. So once Congress calls, they make it happen. So use Congress. Don't use it for everything like me because then they're like, oh, my God, here this guy is again. <laughs> yeah. oh, so shit. let me get to the let me get to the meat and potatoes where they really messed up with the Coast Guard. So I make all these claims, and I'm I'm trying to just be cool, right? I'm sitting. They, they take me out of all my duties. I'm sitting in some – I was the guy with the red stapler in the basement at Air, at the training center, Elizabeth City. I was the guy at the basement at the stapler. You know, I went from being like, hey, everybody, you know, smoking and joking, popular, to the guy in the basement with the stapler. And I'm like, holy shit, like this is how it really goes, you know? And all because they were trying to cover some stuff up for this dude. When I made the claim, they were just out to railroad me. Pam, they had me painting bollards on, in front of 270s, black bollards as a chief petty officer. Some warrant came down and was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm painting bollards. But, you know, I'm like, he's like, this shouldn't be, she shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, look, I'm just trying to stay out of any more trouble, dude. They tell me to paint this thing, I paint it. You know what I mean? I'm like, so... Basically, they put me in restriction for 45 days. I saw that. Before I even before I even had a trial, had anything go on because they deemed me as a threat. They deemed me as a threat. The guy got near my kid, purposely got near my kid. I said, I said, listen, fuck face. I said, get the fuck out of here. You're not supposed to be here near my kid. He was at a car wash the high school. And the guy's like, and he was such a fucking pussy. He had a gun. Fucking guy took a gun to a high school, which is fucked up. He had a gun in his holster and under his thing, and he would carry his gun with we friends. I'm like, if you think you're gonna reach for that, I'm gonna shove it up your fucking ass. You know what I mean? Because I didn't have a gun. I'm just a big dude. And he's sitting there shaking like, like, I mean, like shaking like a beat a beaten dog. You're like a dog is gonna get beat. Like I'm, I'm like, you're a fucking pussy. And I walked away from him. I could have got shot in the back. I had a cast on my leg too. I had a broken leg. I had a cast on my leg. I hobbled back. And then he tried to take off someone after him. That's why I got in trouble. And um, I kind of chased him and said, well, cops are coming, motherfucker. And he wouldn't do anything. And my language is too much. I have a lot of raw emotions. So everybody can fuck off, you know. Hmm. And um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Pam. I hope you don't get censored because of this. No, but, are you uh, kidding me? We are so non-filtered. We, You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> so long story short, to make, a long, to make a long story short, the captain calls me. And this guy, this guy, Lance Bell, but what a, he's like five foot nothing. I think they had used to put phone books and like, blocks on the helicopter pedals where you can reach it. You know what I mean? So you can sit these car seats and shit. He is the biggest, shittiest. He is the biggest pilot shit I've ever seen. He only stands a five foot high. Um, you know, he's he really is a piece of shit. 06 type. Just complete dick. You know, typical Airedale fucking thinks he can do whatever the fuck he wants next to his XO. He's like, you need to stand down, Chief Morrissey. I'm like, well, we're going to have a fun conversation. You need to, st-. that's what he kept saying. You need to stand down. I'm Captain Delvin. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever there. You know, I'm like, we're going to do something about this, you know? So long story short, they came and took me away. The following week, they're like, you got to report to Portsmouth. Like, All right. I got a child care issue. I got my kid here. So I made him wait till like eight at night to drive me up there and, just fucking playing games. I was in a very dark spot though. 
and they were hoping that I would just do something stupid again. But I played the game. You know, I went to my court martial for disrespect and all this other shit. I told, I, somewhere along the way, I told an admiral to fuck off or something like that. So, Admiral Smith, he's running D five. You want to talk about how shit floats in the Coast Guard? <laughs> this guy, Admiral Smith, I didn't say two words to him. I said, "I'm the only one being held accountable here." I'm like, "That guy's career should end because his handle is so bad." They fucking got me out for disrespect for that. So, um, this guy, Keith Smith, running, running running d5 now but i i mean so long story short is they will go at no the coast guard to avoid bad publicity will stop at nothing and you know this you know this you were on the receiving end as a veteran right i mean mm-hmm. once you got injured were they were they nice to you no i actually there i had a <laughs> yeah i had a really bad uh stint at one of my stations where i, I busted my ankle i'd have surgery and i was on light duty for x amount of months and i was stuck on radio you know i was doing watch so i was in the radio watch room but dude i could feel it like it was just like oh just throw her on watch because that's all it's good for and it's just like wait till just do your thing you know whatever um being a female on the on the opposite end yes like i've been harassed oh my God. uh i have i wasn't sexually oh, yeah. harassed but i was harassed to the point where my xo was like i need to put a shot collar on you and your mk2 because when y'all get close, y'all always fight, and y'all need to get separated. I'm like, you know, this is an issue. What are you gonna do about this shit? So yeah, I have my no, own they shit. Right? They made it about you, right? When, the, when, so, like you said, something follows you, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and they made it about you that you're the problem. No, maybe you're the outside guy looking in, or the outside gal looking in, saying, hey, you know, okay, you broke your ankle. It happens. These things happen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so you stand and watch. That's great. You know what I mean? Support you. Give you the watch. I mean, you weren't avoiding your watches. You're doing what you're supposed to do, you know? It was crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean, so. I did get booked on the same booking shit. For that. I had two petty officers. For what? I had two petty officers book me on the same booking shit because they said I was trying to get away with something. Because I had watched like on a Friday night, mid-watch, and I had all weekend off, but I had to get somebody to relieve me because I was sick. Like I was literally shooting my brains out. I had to go to the hospital, get IVs and stuff. And my senior chief's yeah. like, hey, this is the booking shit. What's going on? And I'm like, well, and I showed him my arms. I'm like, look at my, my track marks. I went to the hospital. <laughs> I wasn't trying to get away with shit. Yeah. And I had a letter of accommodation. Yeah. Like I was, that was a really good unit for me. And then all that shit happened. And then. He's like, you know what? And then he just ripped it up in my face. He's like, you're good. Get out of here. I'm like, I know I'm good. Shit. <laughs> Fuck. So. That's a senior chief, right? That was a senior chief. That was an EM senior chief, actually. So. Was he a good dude? Yeah, he was a good dude because I was one of his engineers. So yeah. he's like, what the fuck so is this? somebody looking out for you. Yeah, you know, and it yeah, didn't happen all the time. Out. But when they, the new captain came on board, that that's when me and the other guy got into it. And the XO told us we need shot callers. I ended up leaving that unit with a three with working well with others on my, on my marks. Huh. Give me a three because yeah. we fought so much. I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? Like I have a stellar clean ass record and I'm going to get a three. And for those that don't know, like that's a not, that's really not a good mark when it comes to evaluations and trying to get promoted and stuff. <laughs> so I was just like, fuck dude, <laughs> whatever. But anyways, so Pam, I, they try to, they try to give me a shitty set of marks on the way out. And uh, you're like, these marks will follow you. I'm like, where? I'm sitting there like this. I'm like, 
I go to the fucking guy. I go to the so I'm 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 already been through my summary court. I want summary court marshal. Yeah, I told an Adam to fuck off. I told this guy he's a jerk off. Yep, I kicked that desk. Yep, it all happened. Yep. Okay, can I go home now? I'm like, yeah, chief pet officer, you're you know, more so you're you know, you're restricted to the Portsmouth for 30 more days. And the the guy was really cool. And I'm like, he's like, you you've been reduction, you know, not reduction. The only thing they could have taken was my rank. They didn't do it. And uh, long story short, they I'm like, all right, um, they're gonna re- you have to retire as soon as possible. You're gonna f- find as much money, but it was all it was all spent. They couldn't do anything to take a rank, and they didn't take the rank. So I was like, I was like, all right. I'm like, you know, the guy's like, you're really cool. I'm like, yeah, because I know nothing. This means nothing now because you didn't take a rank. And the guy's like, and he was cool as shit. The guy was actually sawing through bullshit. But um, I guess I don't know where I was going with that one, but. I kind of got a little spacey there because I get excited talking. You said your marks. They were trying to do bad marks. So they're they're like, you got to do your exit marks. You got to do your exit marks, right? I'm like, I'm like, exit marks for who? I'm already working as a paramedic. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. Let me tell you something. I broke my leg shortly after my summary court martial. I broke my right knee doing a box jump, right? It's a Coast Guard ass. So, so long story short, I didn't go to work ever again. I was off for like six months because I was light duty or my leg was broke. And they're like, you got to get your marks in. I'm like, what are you guys hung up about these marks for? They're like, well, you know, you got to get your marks in. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be done. I'm like, I'm like, fuck your marks. I never did them. And they're like, I'm like, who, like your new boss will need them. They'll ask for them. I go, I'm my new boss, asshole. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't need no fucking marks. You know what I mean? you and your fucking sevens and shit you know so <laughs> i'm like i'm my own boss they're like oh i'm like i don't give a fuck about the coast guard anymore i'm like do me a favor and shut up you know <laughs> so they just keep messing with you until the very end you know they like restricted me off bases and shit like that i'm like look i'm not like your draw to go to coast guard air station elizabeth city or or base elizabeth city is not there you know what i mean like i'll go up the other way and i'll go to a real navy base that i actually have like shit to do you know so but they they constantly mess with you and then all of a sudden boom you know i'm like i'm coming after you i'm gonna be talking about this to people and they're like hey fat kid you're not gonna be talking this about anybody nobody gives a shit about you you know Hmm. and uh you know long story short it freaking went up the other way you know like i am talking to people i have an avenue i have i have a i have all these avenues such as you and this other one um they didn't have to go out or something like that it's a coast guard one and i don't think they aired it because i think i was pretty rude in there but um <laughs> you know story short i don't really cut to the pun i just really my new thing is i was bitter when i got out um super super bitter and a lot of people could see it, you know, everything that came up, I'm like, screw the Coast Guard, you know. And I went to this thing. I'm going to get a little faith-based here. And they're probably be like, oh, here we go, Jesus freak. I'm not a Jesus freak. It's all good, I love man. Jesus. You know, I love Jesus. I'm, I'm, I have a very good relationship with, with, with God. I'm still Catholic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, getting into that, you know, I was an altar boy and I was a Boy Scout. And I made it through. So there's still some good people out there, even though I feel I should have a room reverse discrimination because I didn't get touched. I think I should be rewarded because I didn't let anybody anyway, a little too deep there, but you know, 
I feel like I was gypped of the true experience. It's real talk. <laughs> anyway, Pam, you can cut me off now. It's a different no, you're talk. good, man. So, um, anyway, oh, um, I think I was going to go with this, but I went to this Operation Restore Warrior. And I'm going to do a little plug for them um, about last November. Um, Navy SEAL, one, some guy, some kid that was working for me, best kid ever. He's in the Navy now, Logan Monroe, one of the best human beings I've ever met. Um, learned a lot from a kid. His um, his dad's retired, you know, he's a retired E9 SEAL. And uh, long story short, he, he turned me on to this, um, you know, Operation Restored Warrior. And I went out there for three or four days and I healed. And I healed a lot of my scars and I let go of a lot of my anxieties. Um, and I feel, if, I feel reborn, you know. I have a good understanding of my faith, which is awesome. And uh, that's the only thing that saved me. And besides my wife, you know, my family. You know, these things are out there for veterans. And mental health is the most overlooked, um, underfunded. I'm going to put a Band-Aid. So I got this. Let's just picture it this way. When I got out, I was basically, I was shot through and through, you know. And and, and all, you know, mentally, I was was blown up. I, I was completely done you know and the va all they try to do is put like a band-aid on it and i'm gushing out of a, of a major major wound you know and i'm like and they're like oh but your wounds aren't physical and you know what but mental health is the mo- if you don't have your mind if your mind's not right your whole body's not gonna be right and thank God I found this group of people. Thank God my, my friend Ross turned me on to it. Thank God I have brothers that have went through it and sisters that have went through it. And we're starting a group and we're healing. And that's that's awesome. But and thank God there's some rich people that want to do this for us because what like and it's only a small percentage are able to go because there's such a need for it, you know. Um, you know. And uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast with Matt Best. I think it's a Black Rifle Coffee guy. And they're like, if they're going to, Joe Rogan's like, if they're going to send you out to war and they're going to send you out to do, like, here you are. If they're going to send you out to, that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I listen to their podcast. It's really good. And to hear them guys just, I feel like I'm rambling. I'm like, I hope I'm not, I'm like, I'm thinking about this thing all week. I'm like, I'm really hoping I'll sound like these idiots when I'm on this show for Pam because, (laughs) like, you know, like, these guys are awesome, but they're like, they're just saying whatever the fuck they want. They're getting away with it. I'm like, I hope I'm, I hope I'm a little more reserved. I hope I'm a little bit more reserved and, and yeah. Pam doesn't get embarrassed. I'm like, she's probably like, I had this fucking melon head on there, you know? Dude, you're not but, the first um, melon head. You're good. I'm so used to it. It's not even funny. It's a big melon head. <laughs> but um, I was just doing it. They're like, you got to be able to pay the cost, you know, the cost is if, if somebody goes through some traumatic shit, you got to fix them. You have to fix them. <clears throat> you know, what's it like? <clears throat> excuse me. Less than 1% of us served America. You know, pay the ticket. I'm sorry. It sucks. You know what I mean? But pay up or shut up or don't go to war, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, or don't, you know, don't let people go out and boast and do dumb shit because I was at war. Let me tell you something, Pam. We went through something unique. We were at war with the boating public of America. And you think Al-Qaeda is bad? You know, freaking the boating public of America, they'll kill you sure than shit. Who, you know who I mean? is at war? So, the station or what? What do you mean? 
No, we're we're at war with America. We're at war with the boaters, with the American boaters. Oh, They're you terrible said people. boaters. I thought you said boaters, like boating. No, boaters. Yeah, the motorboat. People on motor, they were trying to kill us at all costs. Oh, you know shit. what I mean? Okay. All these people. Right there with you. My right there with you. Case, like, you're like, holy shit, what are you doing out here? It's like a hurricane. <laughs> I'm out here catching speckled trout. Yeah, and, and, I'm allowed to be out here. I see where hey, you're going asshole, now. Head the, hey, head for the shore, would you? So, Fucking job security, God, dude. That was the only thing. It was like job security, you know, and like I didn't. It's funny you talk about that because I I shared it in my story. Like before I got out, I worked a really shitty star case that like fucked me up, dude. Just it jacked me up. Yeah. And uh, it took me a while to get help around that. And I had a fear around water. And here recently I've been able to overcome it. And people are like, really? I'm like, yeah, dude, like fucking panic attack and water is not fun when you love the water. Like there's something there. So, um. I know you've seen your fair share of a lot of shit, man. And um, I just want to thank you, man, for for being Scuba Steve for us. Because that's not an easy fucking job. Scuba Steve. Scuba Steve. I tell you, it was... was, These kids that come out now, they're faster, stronger, smarter, more put together than I ever was. I just had, you know, I had brute strength and really good looks that's the only that saved my ass you know back in the day <laughs> but uh you know i you know i always i always try to have a little bit of humor with things and um that's what kind of kept my sanity is being able to be you know you'd be flying along in an a60 late at night star star case you know maybe it's a better sighting or he's just punching holes in the sky you know and you get the boat down below and you're like, oh, them poor assholes are like getting the shit kicked out of them. And we're just, we're up here just loving life, you know? And um, you're telling jokes, telling stories, but um, that is what I joined a Coast Guard to do is to provide the humor when you need it, you know? And, um, you know, the aviation as a whole and any, any life-saving service is just an awesome service to be part of. And the Coast Guard does so many things right for them, like I tell my wife all the time, I'm like, don't judge them on this one one or two events that happen to us because there's so much good in the Coast Guard. And, um, yeah, there really is. It took us a while to warm back up just being around Coast Guard people. And, you know, I'm, we're in a big Coast Guard community here. And um, I got to kind of like always like be like, you know, the Coast Guard is good and it is a good place. And they try and they try really hard, you know. And, um, you know, I get – I get a little choked up the way it ended, but I'm still like, you know, if I can change one thing, maybe nothing will come out of this ever with me, but at least we're having conversations with people like you that have the power to put it out there and we can address, you know, how to properly report sexual, you know, cause my thing is I want my daughters to go to the military. I don't want them to deal with you dealt with. I want them on a level playing field. If they want to join the military, I think everybody's on a level playing field, whether, you know, whatever you're into, you know, if you're male, female, I, I don't have a problem with, with, you know, anybody, transgenders, gays, whoever, as long as you're serving your country, what's wrong with that? You know what I mean? That's, that's awesome. And, uh, I think that we're missing that or our own fears get in the way of that, you know, of let's just let people that want to really serve, serve and do a good job. And let's leave people alone. Yeah. Is there time for discipline? Yeah. There's time for discipline, but Let's let it be fair. Let it be just. Let it be. Let it be standard across the board, and that's what. 
that's what my fight is, is to make sure that this doesn't go unnoticed because this dude that did this, this wasn't his first time. I had a prosecutor come to me at my EMS station, talk to me on a Saturday and tell me that we don't really have enough evidence, even though we touched several people, um, we don't really have enough evidence to go on. I'm like, what evidence do you need? You know? And that was tough. That was a tough thing, but you know, we, I, we all learned from it. Right. And I think it's still, it's still ultimately what you're talking about is still going to ultimately go back to mental health. It's always going to go to it. And and you know what the thing, I don't think sad thing about it. If this dude maybe would have gotten help after maybe some other bad events had happened in his career, he wouldn't be on this freaking power trip to prove like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dictator. You know what I mean? You don't have to be that way, you know? And it's all mental health. It's all like, Hey, there should be check boxes. There should be, as you go up in the military, you should have to take classes for recognition of, you know, warning signs and excuse Mm -hmm. me, things like that. You know, like they should be, they should focus on veterans or active duty and start it young and be like, Oh, it's okay to talk about your feelings. You know, Back in the day when I was in Houston, I had some awesome guys I was stationed with, but you see a couple people that got blown up, cut in half, dead people, you know, and I've always made jokes out of it when I got back, but I think the jokes were with me dealing with it. They're like, man, there'd be like a couple cases, like, God, he's picking this dead guy up and, you know, he's like making jokes in the hospital, right? For, like, it, and the flight mechanics had to deal with this, but we didn't know, we were joking about it because we had no other avenue. That's what we did. We joked about it, you know, I mean, we, everything was, and, and that is, that is a way that if the, and I'm not saying it's bad because humor does add a lot of, makes you feel good. Right. But yeah, I think we can do a little better. You know, we like to joke about everything, you know? So yeah. Humor is just, you know, when we joke about it, it's, we're just deflecting. So we don't feel it. We're naturally doing that, you know? And, and I get it. Like I said, we had our dead guys and we, we, trying to look for them or we're just making morbid jokes i'm like dude people are gonna think we're so f- evil right I now know, I know. if they heard some of the shit we said <laughs> ems is the same way though i mean as a paramedic i'm like they're even worse they're <laughs> just really kind of bitches you know <laughs> you know being a restroom or coast guard i walk into a hospital the whole hospital stops I'm like oh who's this who's this <laughs> stallion in this wetsuit who's this stud in this wetsuit here <laughs> you know I got a critical patient. He's got a stubbed toe and he's been out of sleep for three days and it might be giant green. You're like, Oh my God, I'll hit the trauma team. And this poor dude's laying over there. He's got a, like half his arm is missing from a weed whacker accident. And he's like, Hey, can I get a little band in here? And they're like, shut up. The coast guard's here. You know, like, you know, these two F-18 pilots injected off the coast and we're coming in North folks in terror. Right. And these two dudes are, are, these two dudes are, it's funny. I took their boots from them because I knew they'd try to walk off the helicopter. I'm like, I got to check your, check your feet out. You know, we got in the park, like, what's this weird guy into? But I took their boots off. They had their flights on because they were ejected in the ocean, you know, get him in the helicopter. Other swimmer goes to the other two. It was crazy. It was just a crazy, crazy experience, you know? And uh, there's like, we're landing and there's like news crews. There's a hundred people lined up to find out what the hell's going on here. You know what I mean? And, and, but that's how it is. You know, these guys are fine, but some poor dude just got mowed over on the freaking highway. And he's like laying there bleeding out. But just because helicopters are way cool. 
You should remember that. The, you know well, I mean? the 60s so, are pretty badass. God, I, I miss one. I do miss I have dreams. People say I'm kind of weird. I'm like, hey, I, I'm like, Elizabeth, I dropped off as a swimmer again. She's like, you still are a swimmer. I'm like, no, I couldn't be a swimmer now anymore. But I had a dream I was jumping out of a helicopter. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think those ever go away because I still dream about being back on the boats and stuff all the time. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the time. It's weird. It's so weird. It's awesome. I think it's good Good dreams or bad dreams? Uh, it was really bad there for a while, and now it used to be like it was always trying to recover a body, and it would always be just somebody or trying to save somebody, and we never got to them in time. And then it started, yeah. and then when I started working on my stuff and healing, we started we were able to rescue people. It was the weirdest shit. And now I just have dreams that yeah. like I'm back on the boat or something, just fucking around. So it's, there's progress yeah. in that. You know, it's, it's just, it's weird, but yeah. it happens. Um, let me ask you this. Cause I, you know, it, it real quick, you know, we're, we're kind of wrapping up here. Um, I was reading that in 2000 and, and correct me if I'm wrong, 2013, you were Geico's military member of the year, right? You know what shit I got for that? You know what shit I got for that? <laughs> you guys, I'm, I'm, man, Claude, I didn't even like really work with you, but the little bit that I did, I freaking loved you, dude. So yeah, I could, I can imagine how much shit you got for that. So, so yeah, I got like, oh, you're gonna be a Geico guy, huh? Where's the lizard? Where's the lizard? Where's the lizard? You know. Um, <laughs> I had some good officers put me into that. They realized that I wasn't just doing, like, as a swimmer, you want to be the guy in the hook, right? You're like, I would have gotten this saving everybody. I'm the guy jumping in the ocean. I'm ultra, you know, I'm Scuba Steve, you know? And uh, we're not, you know what I mean? Like, like I always thought, like, I want to invest in, in training people. I love training people. I love being around new people that are interested in the Coast Guard and, and being able to, you know, young petty officers that want to learn like i always try to teach them the rate you know teaching my rate you know life support equipment and anybody can jump out of a helicopter and look cool because it's just a cool thing to do no matter if you do a face plant or at a, a you know <laughs> static display or a star demo somewhere you know and it's happened if you do backflips whatever like things are really cool with helicopter but i always try to tell them how like you sound kind of weird but i enjoyed mentoring mentoring young petty officers. That was my favorite thing to do. And whether you're a non-rate and you're coming up, because think about it, your, your experience, I don't know how you felt Cape Cod, but I always felt, I always want to make everybody feel like, because my son's going to the military. So my biggest fear is, is somebody going to look out for my son. You know, is somebody, somebody that's in charge of my son, are they going to look after him? And that's my biggest fear. You know what I mean? And that's what I always thought with people. I'm like, you know, as I got older and I wasn't stupid, like jumping out of, you know, doing stupid shit. As I matured, I felt like I'm in charge of these people's families. Somebody loves this, this kid, you know, somebody's, this is, he's going to go home and say, dad, I met the coolest, biggest, fattest rescue swimmer I've ever met. <laughs> or he's going to be like, I met the biggest douchebag rescue fattest, this fat ass. You know what I mean? And I always want to be on the first part of it. Like, how cool it is. Like the guy's cool, man. He took time to talk to me. Cause I remember when I was a non-rate, I wanted to talk to rescue swimmers or plant mechanic, you know? And I think that's what, what really, you know, if you can set that aside, you'll, if you can treat everybody as if it's your own son or daughter, you're going to have a great experience, you know, and you won't have the need for, you know, 
douchebags that caused mental trauma to us that we had to deal with for the next umpteen years of our life trying to get over it, you know, because words hurt. Words hurt, yeah. you know. So that's insane. And I love breaking chops, but, you know. Well, well, I, I I really enjoy talking to you because I'm I'm very much like you, like no filter. Yeah. I'm you're what you see is what you get, and yes, it gets me in trouble sometimes. But at least you know who you're gonna get every time, you know. You're gonna get the honest answer. Yes. You know. And you got to plug for some sponsors, kid. Hey man, I do need sponsors. Maybe you can be my first one. Wait, I'm dead serious. Sarah. We're gonna have to look at this stuff. So <laughs> look and check it out. I got to just sell my swag, sell all the like Morsi's thumb guy apparel. You know, look at that. Look at that. You know, you get to, get the task shirts with the you know shirts. I'll send them over to I you. Know. I need some new apparel. I totally take some swag. <laughs> Sweatshirts. You know, I mean, it's funny because Morsi's thumb grinder. Like people are like, is that a strip club? I'm like, what the what? <laughs> Who in the <laughs> somebody asked me that like last week? They're like, where's that strip? Because I had a 508 number on it. I'm oh, like, this no. is my old phone number. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know, some guys like, that's a really cool strip club. I'm like, you've been to this strip? Because I, I want to know where it's at. You know what I mean? So I'm like, God, the fucking perverts are all over. You gotta watch yeah, I definitely need to, to to wear some of your swag then. Hell yeah. Yeah, I just said. Yeah, definitely. I'll send it to you right now. So, but uh, well, well, I have one last question or two last questions before we we wrap up here. Um, what if there was? Um, yeah, I'm really curious about this more specifically for the ladies. Okay, uh, younger kids, and you have daughters. You said you know you want them to be feel safe when they go in, and 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 all this as a dad. What would you tell? these women that want to join the service and even men, you know, from a male's perspective, what to do so that they don't feel like they don't have a voice. Um, if shit like this happens. So I had a, I had a, a, a good, a good senior chief callback, um, that I confided a lot in this whole thing. Um, if something's not right, you have to speak up. If something's not right, no matter like telling the truth, right? You have to speak up. You have to speak truth to power. You don't have to be an asshole, but to, and I was an asshole. That's what got me in trouble. So let's let's not mix words. I'm innocent. The way I went about it was wrong. If you know your rules, you follow the rules, and you follow your chain of command, they can't cover it up anymore. You know, if you don't get the answer you want, there's a boss above your boss. There's a command above your command. Eventually it will get out in the right way. So you have to speak truth to power. Now, that being said, there's a way to do it respectfully. I didn't really have that tack down. Don't follow my lead. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like the Leroy Jenkins of this, you know, like Leroy <laughs> Jenkins. Good running in, like, holy shit, he blew the plan. You know, if I had followed the playbook, I would have been, you know, I would have been still in the Coast Guard. I stopped, probably still would have been jumping out of helicopters and doing cool things. So, but I'm still doing really cool things. But, um, and for your leaders out there, you know, if if you're not taking care of your people in your charge and you're being an intrusive asshole leader, you should know your people. Like, they should know your people. I shouldn't have to go have this awkward conversation like, hey, I'm your boss. Like, 
I know all my guys that I work with every day, the eight guys I have, I know what's important to them. What's important, what's not important, what needs to happen. And now I got new guys that I have to learn. And that's just the eight guys that I have working for me. And um, I know what makes them drive, what makes them tick. And you have to use that to your advantage, you know. And uh, take care, most of all, is if you're a leader, you got to take care of the people as if they're your own. They're, they're your own, you know what I mean? Your own family. Because they are your family. They're the ones that are going to make you, make or break you. So that's kind of where I go with it. You know, I want my son's getting ready to carry on a tradition. He wants to join the Navy, wants to be a CB, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, hey, bud, there's this thing called the Air Force. Maybe the Army <laughs> engineers. He's like, CBs are awesome. And I'm going to hear it all the Coast Guard. Hey, dad, you know, I went to the, went to the Coast Guard. I'm a little too tall for him. I'm like, shut up. You know what I mean? I got Already? Oh, it just rides God. my ass. Dang. So. I uh, know we're on we're on paddle boards the other day, and one of the guys he's a marine, and it was like all veterans and, and some civilians. It's like man, it's like the, it's like the the ATF. It's the gym I go to. He's like, it's like the ATF Navy. And then he looked at me. He's like, we got this coastie over here. I'm like, dude, you better shut up, or I'm putting the do not save list. He's like, what? I don't know. <laughs> like I'm just fucking freaking Navy guys or <laughs> Marines. Marines. And then, uh, well, last question. And only because you kind of hit it. All right, music has music helped you or helped save your life, and if so, how? Music? Yeah, music. Oh shit! Yeah, man, everybody's got a mantra song, right? What's yours? You know? Oh man, I, I mean, I love some Pantera. You know, just maybe we we're talking about Pantera. We really got into Motley Crue. Music saves my life almost daily because it's such a vent. It's such a way to. Like, just like, like if your heart can't get going over like some Motley Crue or um, something like that, it's just, I'm not saying Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, shit like that. Like, I listen from, I even listen to Air Supply. I'm like, damn, that was such a good song. What a shitty group, Air Supply. But, you know, like, <laughs> like Patrick Swayze, you know, he's got a song. Like, I don't know. I think music does save my life. You know, I mean, I've been in helicopters, you know, I remember doing my final multis in the, in the, in the, being a rescue swimmer in that little ass pool in Elizabeth city. And I'd be singing a song in my head. Maybe it was journey, you know, or like just music is so damn important. Like I don't even watch, like I do podcasts and I like try to dig in for, like I was listening to like, Joe Rogan's, uh, my, uh, she had Miley Cyrus on. She's like, I did the Edge of 17. So I've been like searching all day for Miley Cyrus singing at Edge of 17. Like, Stevie Nicks' Edge of 17? Yeah, she what? got permission from Stevie Nicks to do it. I'm like, Dude, I gotta find where that. is this song at? You know what I mean? I need to find so, that. I know. Oh. And I'm like, I thought Miley Cyrus, I think I'm Hannah Montana. I was like, she's Hannah Montana. She was, I'm standing duty when she was, you know, in Houston. <laughs> we used to make fun of her. But now she's like, like this anyway, like music is so important. Yeah. I love music. Music saves my life all the time. Driving on the road. I mean, you know, like right now I'm going to jump on my, jump in my truck and listen to music. Gotta have, gotta have a good system, you know? So yeah. gotta buy the best. Hell yeah. And the reason yeah. I ask, I ask all my guests that, um, the reason I ask is because I put music to people's stories. That's my mission, you know, cause somebody decided to share their story through music. It helped me take suicide off the table. Cause I got to that dark place yeah. about six and a half years you ago. Did. Oh yeah, dude. I was like, all I had to do is plan it. 
I was fucking ready. That's hard. I remember I was I was just like, and it wasn't. It's so hard to talk about suicide, right? It's so hard to like, like to be that to be like, were you ever thinking of suicide? So you go to the doctor. Are you thinking of hurting yourself? Like, and you have to have that moment where you're like, I need help. I need to say the right word here, and you just hope that person is going to be or recognize it. You know, they were talking through three psyche valves and. That in itself, they put me through three psyche vows in like a, like a month, two month period, you know. And that was, you start doubting what's normal and what's not normal, and that's their that's their tactic to, to mess with you. So when I was in restriction, I listened to a lot of music. I would just lay there. I had a broken leg, you know. Um, I had a broken broken foot, and I was playing there listening to music, and I'd be like, you know, okay, I can get through this, you know. I have my earbuds in, and I just would. I could escape the reality for the moment until I get back to my family until, you know, just through music and it helped me out a lot, you know? So, but kind of weird to say that, but I know where you are. I know the dark places you're in, how the, how depression works, you know, like mm-hmm. people like, just be happy. Like, fuck off motherfucker. <laughs> I'm fucking hurting over here. You know, like I'll take a fucking another broken leg over dealing with this shit, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, we just want to get rid of that stigma, you know, and the big stigma about, you know, <laughs> if you go get help, you may not have a job tomorrow. You know, that's like, one. It, it's so funny because that this has been coming up a lot lately, and um, the mental health is, is for veterans is so overlooked and so underfunded, and we need to get more groups like Operation Restored Warrior on the table and get people – getting people back to where whether it whatever you choose faith-based or whatever you're like maybe we can start a foundation like the music foundation and just like op, like like maybe there's a way out there you know well, get some of these big you know it's funny you say that because I, I i i've got some exciting thoughts i'm going to share with you once we get off if you have some time and yeah. uh i'd love to bring you in and just kind of let you in on what's what's been kind of happening behind the scenes with this podcast. But, um, yeah, man, I just, man, thank you again, Claude. We're going to wrap up just, just cause I know you got to get back to your family here in a minute and, um, and stuff, but thank you so much for being here. I love catching up with you. Thank bullshitting. You. Absolutely. And you can come back anytime. I tell that with all my guests anytime. You know what? I'll be on there weekly. I'd be like that house guest that never leaves. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you'd be like herpes? <laughs> Like herpes. No, I was. I watched Trailer Park Boys. It's more like crabs, you know. I just show up. You know what I mean? oh, so, no. Herpes is a gift that keeps on giving. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let me just hang tight, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off with my listeners here. So, guys, if you <laughs> this is this is what it is, man. I mean, I love just getting on these podcasts and catching up with some old shipmates and fellow coasties and just bullshitting, man, and any veteran for that matter. It's a lot of fun. So. If you guys love this episode, make sure you tune in, you subscribe, you follow all major platforms, uh, the YouTube channel. This episode is going to be uploaded here very soon. And if something in this story hit you in particular, email me at 2200taps, 2200taps.com, or or at gmail.com, excuse me. I want to know your story. If you want to be a guest, let's go, baby. But until then, have a good night and peace out.